Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. I am joined today by Anne Garrido, and she and I are going to speak about rules, hashtag rules of engagement, eight Christian habits for being good and doing good online. And if anybody has followed A Seeking Heart or a Reconciled to Ministry for any amount of time, you know that I love the, um, the Internet. I love social media. I think it is the new mission field. It is a place for us to do good with the powers of good. I call myself a social media evangelist. And so when I saw Anne's new book from Ave Maria Press, I instantly uh, emailed their marketing department and begged for it so that I could spend this time with Anne Garita. So thank you again, Anne, for making the time for us today. Oh my gosh, Allison, thanks for the invitation. This, this is such an important um, topic, and I love the way that you deal with it, as you, you said but before we went live, that it's kind of the basics. But I kind of laughed and said, but people don't always know the basics. So let's start kind of what really drew me into looking at this as a mission field was uh, Pope Benedict's Communication Day uh, address of 2009 when he called it the digital continent. He did. And I think that was one of the most, um, I don't know, foresightful uh, wow. things that could be said about social media, because there was even probably at that time, well, I should say at that time, there was probably a tremendous amount of hope about what social media could could be in the world. And maybe now we might be a little bit more cautious or a little bit more nuanced around what its possibilities are and also its dangers. But that the church went into this, into looking at the world of social media with a tremendous amount of optimism, um, beginning with Pope Benedict, of really thinking that this is the new digital continent in which we should feel free to explore as Christians and try to be like like leaven in this world and see what could happen here. Oh my goodness, that is so just so insightful, and I love how uh, you're right. Pope Benedict had no idea in 2009. That was that's actually when I started Facebook, and I only started it because we were adopting a little girl from China, and my husband was like, "You need to do this. It was such a great way to share our uh, our trip, our journey." This was like a crazy thing that the two of us were doing. 
Um, and it was, it was an incredible way, but I instantly saw how this could be used for sharing my faith. And that kind of goes to your first chapter, clarify your purpose. Like I knew that I wanted to be light and I wanted to show that there was a fun side of being Catholic, that it's not all dour and serious, that Catholics laugh. We, um, we have a sense of humor that God gave us that sense of humor, hence he must also. So tell me a little bit about this first chapter, about why do I need to clarify my purpose when I'm using social media to engage others? Yeah, I think a lot of us enter into the space pretty casually. I was like that too, Allison. I entered in because one of my friends said to me, you know, I was, I wasn't, uh, you know, partly I wanted to spy on my teenage son and find out like, what is he after? Because I knew this, this was life, so I thought I have to get on. But my friend really said to me, like, she goes, do you like Christmas cards? And I was like, oh yeah, totally. I love knowing that people are alive. Yeah. And she goes, well, then you don't really like getting on social media or Facebook because it's just like little tiny bits of information. Now I should say 10 years after I got on social media, <laughs> she's barely up there and I'm up there all the time. And I'm like, wait a second. Some of us must like the holidays more than others. <laughs> I, I'm like, it is. It's the possibility of, I think, the purpose. But we never ask ourselves, because we get up there so casually, we never ask the question, why am I up here? Because none of us are saying, oh, I just had an abundance of time to throw away. <laughs> no, like all of us. Like we would just kind of we slip into this space. And so I think the first step to showing up Christian online is just becoming conscientious about why I'm up there. It could be that my purpose is to explicitly show my face or my faith. It could just be that I'm just going to show up, you know, in that more general sense of like what is attributed to St. Francis, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. But just by the quality of personhood that you show up as in this space. So I think for some of us, it's a place where we can be explicit about faith. But for lots of us, maybe that's not going to be our forum for explicit evangelization. But just by the quality of the person that we show up. Am I like, yeah, you said, like, Christians are funny. We can laugh. We enjoy sharing pictures and entering into relationship with each other um, and sharing our joys and woes and, and ups and downs. Like, that's a perfectly good reason to be up there. Absolutely. And I figured out quickly that it needed to be a balance. Like, I'm a squirrel obsessed. Uh, one of my dear friends, my late dear friend, uh, Lori Lynch, she discovered early that I was kind of a squirrel girl, you know, like that. I'm just, you know, squirrel and I'm done. Um, like that dog, dog, like squirrel. Um, so it was kind of a running joke of just putting in the squirrels. And then I realized like this positivity of asking great questions, like what are you doing to like engaging, truly using it to be social so that when I did want to share something about my faith, it wasn't like it was intrusive or, oh my goodness, there she goes again. I feel like it became more receptive. The other thing you talk about going right into chapter two is know your sources quickly. I think I learned and I've seen that sadly, not many people have learned that not all news is real news. And again, that brings us to Pope Francis's communication, World Communication Day for 2018, where he talked about the effectiveness of fake news and how it can mimic real news and how I believe it's become such a polarizing things sometimes online and people aren't even looking at the truth and which is a whole another theological discussion about finding the truth um but tell me a little bit about why you felt it was important for us to know our sources 
Yeah, because I think when Pope Benedict first was writing about this in 2009, I don't think he could have envisioned what was going to happen in that regard. That many of us would become in the middle of, you know, sharing pictures of squirrels. And for me, it's oftentimes moose, you know. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Little tiny things and those little social interactions that this would begin to become a way that we would be fed a lot of information about our wider world and the news. And that we would just like we sometimes get on social media really casually without knowing our purpose. We would begin to digest large amounts of information about the world that was being passed on to us without being particularly conscientious as well. So I think what Francis has called us to in this time is, again, a growing level of intentionality. Are you aware? Are you knowing where the news that you're picking up through social media is coming from? Are you checking what your sources is are, are? Are you making sure that there are actual news sources, that they're connected with truth? And are they feeding already biases that you might have in your life so that you're beginning to live more and more in an echo chamber only with other people and with other sources that see the world exactly as you do, but in no way really broadening your mind to the breadth of the beauty of God's world. And the other aspect of that, uh, we're talking today with Anne Garrido. Her book is hashtag rules of engagement, eight Christian habits for being good and doing good online from Ave Maria press. Um, One of the aspects of that is that sometimes they are real sources. They are real Catholic organizations or whatever organization, but what we fail to see, and there's a few out there, I won't name them, but, message me and I will, <laughs> they tend to bend it to their agenda and they pick headlines and they picked half truths and it becomes, you know, people will start to share that. They see the headline, they don't read the article, pet peeve, then they share that. And then if you actually read the article, it goes completely against what the, the headline is perpetuating, but that's all people mm-hmm. see. The image the headline, they think this is the truth. They're not reading. Um, this is another, I think, like I said, pet peeve problem in our society is that we are, we, um, we're, we're kind of the headline readers, but we're not good material readers. We're not going into the truth of that. Have you seen that in your own kind of work and internet? Yeah, that's a really good point, Allison. And one of the things that I was kind of interested in when I was working on the book was looking at how do the algorithms that the platforms themselves set up continue? Because because they're free for us, the only way that they're making money is by keeping us online, by not scrolling, but scrolling, right? Like to continue to keep us going over and over, like longer and longer online. And so one of the ways of doing that is to feed us headlines of stuff that they noticed from our patterns in the past that we might be interested in. It's not with the maliciousness that they're trying to make us narrow-minded, but more what will keep this person online for a longer period of time. And so we need to raise our own intentionality to look at, oh, how am I actually being used by this platform because I show a preference for this kind of material, so it's feeding me more and more. Um, and, and that kind of brings me right to, I'm sorry, you're speaking, I'm getting so excited, I'm making notes. So... <laughs> I, I do that. This is I mark things with um, tabs and I make notes all through my books. There's no sharing ever. 
one of Allison's books. Um, one of the things that reminds me of, Anne, is that that feeding of the trolls. Like, that's one of the things I do the most teaching on when I am talking about social media is how to have, and you also have a chapter earlier on um, the value of the person. And it's, it's, it's a fine line. It's a balance. It's where I think I use James's um, his, uh, his call to ask, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask uh, James 1.5. If you lack wisdom, let you ask, and God who gives generously will provide it for you. And this is where I think I probably pray this the most. When I see somebody respond, as uh, God turned my uh, pretend for loving social media into a career, which I'm very grateful for, I've, uh, several uh, clients, including a diocese that I spend time with, and sometimes people post things that are very hurtful, angry, malicious, but what I've had to learn is pray for wisdom, pray for that person, and see that most of the time, what they're saying is coming from a real place of hurt, of betrayal, of un uh, even misinformation. And I think that leads to your chapter number five was lead with curiosity. Like when you see people posting things, don't automatically expect or um, think there's there's malicious intent, like you said earlier, but you give this great list of questions um, of ways to kind of engage that you can make a good from it or, uh, you know, maybe bring it deeper. So t uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think one of the things which I've noticed just even in myself on social media, and I, I think it's because when I'm up there, I can only see like the head of the person. And so then the temptation is to forget that there's a whole body that's attached, that it's a whole person that I'm dealing with. Because when I'm just seeing their head, I will tend to minimize that that person is just their thoughts or just their opinions. And I forget, like oftentimes, as you're saying, that a lot of what they're typing is coming from not just from the head, but it's coming from the gut. It's coming from your heart. It's coming often from a heart that's been wounded. Um, and so to, if I want to engage another person to actually begin by asking some questions, like say a little bit more about where that's coming from, or it sounds like this is really important to you. Tell me a bit more about why, because that opens the door for a human interaction to happen. I think what's tricky that you're bringing up is there are some, I would say bad actors on social media and not obviously not, not most people up there are not that, but there are people who particularly are up there to post provocative things in order to try to break down any form of community building. So to actually try to fragment community online rather than having it be a place that people come together on. Um, and that's the technical definition of a troll, someone whose actual purpose or intention for being up there is that they're getting their jollies off of watching other people get really angry and irate. Mm. Um, I think they're few, but in those cases, I think it's also good to be able to spot that behavior and not actually engage it online because it actually is like feeding that behavior. Uh, and that's exactly the advice I usually give. Uh, ask for wisdom, pray for them. And, and if you feel like you need to engage them and they're not somebody that you can engage on the news feed in a productive way, engage them offline. But I think there's a lot of healing that can happen um, from engaging with that person. Uh, again, I love, I mean, this is rules of engagement. I'm talking with Angarito, uh, Ave Maria Press, her new book. 
So to be able to engage, but to know how um, and not to be drawn into somebody who's not there to actually discuss is really important. And sometimes you kind of fall for it. You think you've got this person uh, who truly will be respectful and then it goes awry and that's when you move it offline. Don't forget, don't be afraid to delete. People are like, oh, I don't think I can delete them or their comments. No, no, it's your social media, delete. I love to uh, curate my social media and for positivity and good engagement that brings and glorifies God. I guess that's the way I'd want to put it. Um, one of the things I also noticed about each chapter, and I'd like to talk about this before we run out of time with you today, is that each chapter has at the end of it an exercise. Mm -hmm. And my page is stuck together. I want to make sure I say it right. I saw lines. I love lines to write things on <laughs> and observations and personal goals. I love journaling. So I was pretty happy. So tell us a little bit about this aspect of each chapter. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, in some ways, my, my hope was that I think the book would almost be a little bit more of like a personal workbook for people to actually oh, work it. through. And in some ways, almost like an examination of conscience of my behavior on social media. I know the Jesuits have done some great work recently on the Jesuit, like the examine for social media. Um, and in some ways, I think this book falls in that kind of category of thought, just Becoming more, as we keep that word that keeps popping up in our time with each other, becoming more intentional about my presence up there and how it is that I'm showing up and is the way that I'm showing up the way that I actually want to be showing up. And so the exercises are really designed to help us become a little bit more reflective and even to ask other people for feedback in that regard. Um, on my own website, I've created a space where, because we know if we stand for something publicly, we're more likely to stick to it. And I've created a space for people, your email doesn't go up there or anything like that, but just to sign your name publicly and say, hey, I promise myself to use these as rules of engagement for myself. I actually have it underlined the little sticky note in the star. <laughs> you, you led right to my, my last my last point and my final question to you. So I know we you may have just said it in the last few seconds of what you said, but I always ask my guests, what is your hope or your intent for somebody who picks up hashtag rules of engagement? I know it doesn't say the word hashtag, but there's a little hashtag here. So I don't know if that's how you expect me to say it, but I can't help it. Um, eight Christian habits for being good and doing good online. What is the, uh, the hope and the, for the reader for this book? I hope that each of us could become, I, I don't think that the option is like getting off of social media. I think even if all of us left, there's so many people on social media at this point in time that like nobody would even notice. But the question for me is more, how do I be leaven in social media? And I hope that people who read the book can each see themselves as a tiny like grain of leaven. Like I'm so small and disproportionate to the hugeness of the problem, but I can still do my part and I can commit myself to living these eight rules. And so I would hope that people would publicly say, hey, these are the things which I, you can hold me accountable to on social media. And Anne's website will be, of course, listed in the show notes. But if you're, since we're ending and you want something to do right now, that's very helpful. I'll also put it here on Facebook um, as we record this live here. Uh, AnneGarrido.com backslash rules. So I will make sure that goes up into the notes. Uh, and again, that must be where we can find you is angarito.com. So that's easy. <laughs> and 
again, will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for making the time to spend with us today. Oh, I so appreciate it. Thank you. Love this book. Highly recommend it. It is out now from Ave Maria Press. You can buy it wherever books are sold. I always ask you to first and foremost, find that local Catholic bookstore and support them first. But of course, you can get Ave Maria Press or again, anywhere books are sold online. Again, thank you, Anne. Thank you all for being with us today. You have been listening to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.